Hello and welcome to uh, pod 14, I believe it is, of the Six Pointer podcast. Uh, I'm here, Luke Till, with um, Matthew Till again, standing in for Richard Thomas. Matthew, how are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm standing again. How have you, do, how have you done 14? Just, just 14, mate. Yeah, just been, 14. Been, been knocking them out, haven't we? Been knocking them out. So yeah, uh, so obviously uh, a lot happened in the world of football over the weekend. Um, we're obviously going to fo- focus our discussions on um, the main talking points, including the game which we attended yesterday. Thanks to Sky, the game got moved to uh, Sunday, which is always um, a good way of messing up your weekend, isn't it? Because yeah. come three o'clock on Saturday, um, you'll find me in the corner of the room, sort of rocking slowly, not knowing quite not what to do with myself. Yeah, cheers for that. Yeah, so it was obviously uh, Crystal Palace 1, Manchester City 3. Um, I can't say I'm surprised at the result. I think I said to you before, Matthew, that I, I think I'd, if, if we kept it to sort of like a 2 goal deficit I'd, I'd be quite happy as long as you didn't get humiliated and they were very in- impressive weren't they Man City they're, they're by far the best team in the league um, probably one of the best teams that I've seen um, play at Sellers Park actually probably the best team I'd go as far as yeah. saying they're, they're brilliant um, we noted a number of times yesterday how good they were both on the ball and off the ball on the ball Palace couldn't really get anywhere near them um, we spent a lot of the um, a lot of the 90 minutes in our own half, it's fair to mm-hmm. say, uh, notably in front of our own box, if not in our own box, yeah. as they kind of um, dominated the game. And then and then, then any time that we did get um, the ball, um, they had us in our half most of the time as well. So It was, it was know, quite impressive, wasn't it? It's, 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 it's really it's, impressive. Yeah, especially when sort of like Zahar got the ball, it was, it was like three of them on them at once. It was obviously something they worked on and they paid us a, a, a huge amount of respect. I think even Roy said that in the press conference afterwards. Um, that, that they did the page a lot of respect in, in the way that they they um, almost nullified our, our, our threats. But one thing I would say is that we were set up quite well. Obviously, it was four, five, one, and you could easily see the sort of the, the banks of four and five. Uh, Christian Benteke sort of waving at the halfway line, saying, "Maybe we're still." Um, yeah, but if he got near the halfway line, that was impressive. That's the thing because we we were so you know focused on trying to trying to keep it um, keep us in, in the game for you know as long as possible. Mm. Um, and okay, what was it? Fifteen minutes to go, or something like that. Ten minutes. Yeah. Ten minutes. It was, it was coming, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and and at that point, you worried. But I think Palace were very, very good in the way in which. Oh, they... sorry, I thought you meant about Palace's goal. Man City's goal, you mean? Yeah, there was on fifteen or something. Wasn't we, it? We think it was fifteen to the minutes. Yeah, minutes, so it? it was yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the fact that we then didn't drop out, and you, know, you easily could have seen a five, six, seven, eight, so on and so forth after that, mm. conceding so early. But you know, we did really, really well both on the ball and off the ball. But they, they were so good that I don't think you can have any complaints. I think notably also we have to remember that they played their strongest eleven, um, and I think they probably made. Changes even from the European game, which again shows aggressive. They rested players against Tottenham right. for us. Yeah. So yeah. again, even you know, re-emphasising the point you made about the respect they showed for for Palace there. Um, but I think also we have to give note to the fact that it was a changed Palace team. You yes. know, obviously two of them forced the two centre backs. Um, obviously, Martin Kelly's had a little run of games now with Sacco being out, but but Scott Dan came in and actually and that combination hadn't had too much practice together, had it? Yeah, and what was the home game before Huddersfield, wasn't it? Yes. You know, he he Scott Dan came in and didn't look massively. He looked in, rusty, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't massive with it. So you know, to do well yesterday, obviously, is a huge testament to um, his progression in, in returning from injury and getting back into the, mm-hmm. the swing of things. But they, they looked really good together again yesterday. And again, you know, you play Man City who have got the ball, you know, what their possession must be, what, 80, 70, 80% of the game. At least. Ridiculous, yeah. 
So, you know, the, the, the back four, and particularly the centre-back, is going to be tested. And they did, they did really well. They stood up really well. Yeah, and I don't see that the other sort of main um, talking point from the starting lineup is obviously the return of Christian Benteke, which everyone was really pleased to see. And I think it made sense in the sense that I felt that if we were going to sort of try and relieve a bit of pressure, you'd obviously punt the ball long and hope that he could hold it off, which, which he did in, in fits and starts when we actually got it to him. I mean, there wasn't many occasions that we did. But I think he played quite well yesterday. Yeah, he did, given the end a bit of a, um, a soul-destroying job to, to many intents and purposes from being the lone man. Yeah. Um, like we said, you know, on the halfway line, if he's lucky. Um, and he, yeah, he did. He gave us an outlet. He, he won headers. That's the thing about Batshuayi. I've, I've never understood why he doesn't win many headers, because he's he, not exactly small. He doesn't He doesn't look, even look, really look like jumping from him, does he? It's no. just quite interesting. Maybe, maybe it's sort of something he's told to do, or maybe it's something that he, he's taught himself, or he, he's been taught. But perhaps he doesn't jump, and then he, in in these sort of instances that a defender lets on go, he's, he's obviously then ready to sort of nip round behind because he's got that pace which which yeah, he can yeah, exploit maybe. No, but Benteke did well, you know, when the, when the, and the few opportunities he did get to, to you know get in the air and win the ball, and even to feet as well, he was good, and he sort of you know held the play out when we needed to, released and brought in Zahar and Townsend and others when when needed. Um, so yeah, you know, you can't say he had lots of um, chances or opportunities to get on the ball, let alone goal scoring opportunities. Yeah. I don't think Danny think he had one, did he? he I, might have had a header. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't but, remember. Yeah, so, not one clear clear cut one. Anyway. No. So you know, he he did well considering, and and you hope now that gives us a chance or gives him the chance to maybe stay in the team. I don't know if you know Batshuayi might come back in now. I don't know, but I'd hope Benta here to go and. You know, with the wingers we've got and in the form that Zahar's in and Townsend starting to come back into things, mm. you'd hope that that would give him a run of games, end of the season, no pressure on, to maybe start getting a few goals and then you know put him in a good place for, for next season and, that, and break this sort of um, aura of he can't score, he's not going to score, so on yeah. and so forth. I mean, you do get the feeling that you just need to slice of luck, don't you? I mean, just I do remember one shot, actually, especially in the, in the second half where you sort of, um, sort of span and sort of try to do a bit of a, a kind of half-scissor kick, um, right. which which was easily gathered by Edison. But, um, I mean... Just touching on on the, on the first goal, I mean, I've been reading sort of reports online of people saying Huayta perhaps went down a little bit easier, to too easy, and he was sort of on his knees before sort of Sterling shot. But I mean, it was a great finish, wasn't it? I mean, Sterling sort of read the body language of the keeper and sort of lifted it over him, wasn't it? I mean, and I think he did exceptionally well yesterday. Sterling was quite, it was quite nice to see him in the flesh, and, and, and he's obviously a player that's on top of his game, as well as a moment me and you. What made me and you look at each other is when uh, I think it was Gundogan, wasn't it? When mm. he had about three players around him and managed to sort of get past him, and then with a shimmy and then pass the ball forward. It was like they, they really have got some exceptional talent. And my thoughts on on the Tarsal race has always been uh, unpopular to Richard. Obviously, has been that um, I think Man City have just got too much quality. They've got too much strength and depth. You know the fact that they they're bringing on players like John Stones and Gabriel Jesus off the bench just just yeah. shows you. You know the ridiculous quality and strength and depth they've got. Well, they, the people can talk about the title race and that, but they've just got to win their games, haven't they? And it's done. Yes. Well, if, obviously they've got a game in hand yeah. ahead of man, ahead of Liverpool, which would put them a point ahead of them, I think, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So all they've got to do is win their games, which you know, look, you look at it, and it's they're all they're all really achievable for them. Um, well, I think maybe potentially if you compare the runnings, they've got the harder one. Obviously, they've got the Manchester derby and things like that to come into, but. Um, it will certainly be uh, one that will go down to the wine and, yeah. and, and good for the neutral, I guess. But like you say, they, they were class around. Sterling was brilliant. I mean, um, fair play to him. You know, he's been in the press a lot recently mm-hmm. for some um, despicable um, 
antics and, and, and things that have happened um, that you know you hope that they're stopped very very quickly. Um, but he's come out and he's got some really good plaudits and people have respected him for the way, the way in which he's come out but also obviously for the young um, Palace player yeah. um, the youth team lad um, he passing away and, and the way he respected that I think brought him some um, sort of real uh, kudos I suppose with the Palace um, faithful and, and it's really nice to see that but and, and he, he yeah he was brilliant you know on the ball off the ball he's so quick you know he tracks back it's a bit like um, his evolution's a bit like Wilf's in that you know he was a a player who had great potential and was good in one or two or three certain ways yeah. and there were critiques of his game and the like um, and he's come on so far and I think the World Cup wasn't it where he got slated a lot but literally if he'd taken some of the chances he had mm-hmm. which I'm sure he would now the 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 credibility and the the, the sort of the, the ratings that he would have got would be ridiculous so yeah. You know, form comes into it, obviously, and opportunity and that kind of stuff. But he's he's really taken it, and, and you know, obviously, good coaching as well. Yeah, um, fully deserved his two goals yesterday. Yes, to be said. Yeah, absolutely. You can't can't deny him that. And um, yeah, he went went about it went about it well as well. So, yeah, I, I, I also thought, I also thought um, like you say, um, I can never say Gundogan. Gundogan, I think. Gundogan. Yeah, he was really good. He was on corners, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he was really good. Um, they're just a threat all over, aren't they? I mean, Vincent Company, every every corner you thought, oh, you know, what's it's a fridge, isn't it? It's huge. But I, I I was quite surprised. I don't know what Palace's marking policy was yesterday at corners, but we did seem to be losing the big guys quite quickly. We, so it, Laporte is it as well? Yeah, I, like him and, and Dan and Kelly. I thought they'd be on them, but they weren't really it, man for man. Anyway. I think I think it, I mean I watched them, um, especially that that corner. I think you're referring to where we saw right in front of us in the first half when Company got free. It was almost like a, a, zone, first corner, a, a zonal system, I think, because Kelly had company, and then company sort of tracked around Kelly and went towards Scott Dan, who was marking someone else. And Kelly sort of told Dan, well, you pick him up then, sort of thing. So I don't know whether it was a case of you know, a zonal system or, 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 or maybe they're just in the wrong one to start with. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It was, it was a strange one. But I mean, like you say, they've got so many sort of strengths. Um, trying to nullify them the sort of set pieces is, is, is going to be exceptionally difficult anyway um, can, I, can I ask you a question um, you can I, I thought it was interesting the atmosphere so you know there can't have been many Palace fans expecting to win yesterday okay we beat them at their yeah. place but I can't have many expecting to win but, but despite that I felt the atmosphere at the time yesterday was quite flat given however I would say that I thought the fanatics were brilliant throughout they did mm. not stop you know, but bar then it was very sort of um, desp- I don't know if despondent or it was just yeah. it was just very flat. It was weird. What was your question? Oh, sorry. What, what you think? <laughs> about it? I, I wonder if that just made my observation or actually you, something you picked up as well. But um, I just I was I was notable for me. No, I, I agree. But I, I think obviously the timing of it being a, a was it a two o'clock kickoff on a, on, a, on a Sunday probably affected it to to some extent. But also I think it's probably indicative of of, of the sort of I think we talked about on the last pod as well around sort of the Palace fans and this uh, expectations. And I think you know what I think there would have been some fans going into the game taking some sort of faith in the fact that we did go up and obviously win. At, at the Etihad, even though that was a complete freak result. Yeah, but you've got you've got to have hope that we can repeat those sort of games, uh, those sort of results rather, and have a performance you could. I just, I just, I just thought, given we were doing so well, maybe it was because we were under the cost so much, and it was literally, you know, them sort of on the ball, and I don't know. It's, that's historically when Palace, Palace's um, following, you know, Sellers Park in particular, and obviously away as well, but particularly at home has been. 
you know, really, really good in, in getting behind the team and yeah. kind of giving them that extra push. I, just, I, just, I don't know, I just felt yesterday, you know, it's not criticism, it's just a reflection on the fact that it was um, a bit quieter than the normal, normally a game of that um, a team, you know, of that presence coming to serve us would be. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I said to you on the way to the game that this is like the English equivalent of, like, of having Barcelona come to yeah, town, isn't it? It's, yeah. and, and personally, from sort of an objective viewpoint, I mean, I, I enjoy sort of seeing the big teams obviously come to, come to see come to sell us and, and obviously you get to see them in the flesh and, and they are quite impressive obviously first and foremost I'm a Palace fan but it doesn't mean I can't enjoy my football as well but um, yeah I, I think potentially it was it was it, people's expectations obviously the timing of it um, but also you know I think a lot of people were crying at Roy and, and, and in his taxes and saying oh come on let's just have a go at them but like I said to you yesterday I mean if we have a go at them well, one, we conceded a goal, which we did for the third goal. That's exactly how we conceded the third goal. We were pushing and then yeah. they, they got us on the break. But two, if you have a go at them for 25, half, half an hour, you're going to concede up to five, six goals for, because they've got that quality and they yeah. will punish you. It, 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 people need to, I think, need to understand the gulf between the, air quotes, top six and, and the rest of, uh, rest of the league. And I, I think most people would. I think most people would. I don't think it's a, um, a big sort of um, section of the fan base you're referring to there. I think it's, it's, it's interesting, like you say, that we did give it a go for the last, last 10 minutes. Ten, yeah. So we got the goal and it was 2-1 it was at that point and, and why not give it a go? Um, you know, why not go sort of all out for, for the result? And you did part of you felt that at that point we were going to nick it. You know, mm. we could have a fantastic tour because we, but, but that was testament to, to the way we played beforehand, which was staying in the game that yeah. enabled us to have that chance. Yeah, we, st- it, we, we sort of stifled them to an extent yeah. that we were able to st- still compete. If we get our goal when it's already forward, 5 0 down, there's no, there's no impetus to, to get on and have a go. But we did, we did a go for 10 minutes or so, and it was great. That, that's when the atmosphere was good. Yeah, that's when the Palace fans really shone and, and came came um, forward as that as they as they can mm. and, and, and often do. And I thought that that was really good. Um but yeah, like you say, we got caught, you know, um it was AWB, wasn't he? He was up he was up the, the wrong end of the pitch and couldn't get back in time and yeah. therefore you're exposed at the back. But yeah. I'd much rather we did that, stayed in the game and had an exciting ten minutes than it be four or five nil and us get one back. You know, there's there's more of a spectacle and more in, more to be enjoyed there, isn't there? Completely agree. And I, I think also that you know, um, you know, people wanted to have a go. At, people saying that they want to, us to have a go at these sort of teams, and also, you know, I've been I've been reading sort of message board things like people saying, "Oh, well, we've got nothing to lose now. We might, we might as well play the kids, put Sam Woods in centre back, things like that." I, I, whilst I, I'm not adverse to, to sort of giving players like Sam Woods sort of ten, fifteen minutes, maybe at the end of the game, we're, we're in the Premier League. We are competitive. Yes, we may be safe, although not mathematically, but. You know there is. I think it's almost something like two million pounds per position that you finish, and we can finish anywhere realistically between sort of seventeenth and probably tenth. Um, and and we need to keep keep being competitive and fight to the end to make sure that because that sort of money, you know, two million pounds is is what a, a player's wages for a season, isn't it? Depends, you know. Yeah, so sort of, it's it, it kind of gone of the days, aren't they, where you have a couple of games left and you start paying a lot of the youth team players, and because um, there's so much more at stake. Yeah, it's um, it's a shame because I, I do miss those end of season games whereby you know you might see the next bright star come through. Kevin Morrison. Yeah, exactly. Sheffield Wednesday at home. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So so you, you're not going to see that, unfortunately. Um, but like you say, you know, what's to say that you know we might see a few 
younger players coming to the bench maybe for the experience or um, you know getting a few minutes here and there. Um, well, players that haven't featured in much, so I'm thinking people like Jordan Ayew obviously hasn't hasn't played in the last. Well, he's mentioned so, 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 so Roy, Roy's already already mentioned that, hasn't he? He's mentioned mentioned that, but in the context of having quite a few players that would be playing not able to play because they're injured. Well, this this is also a thing. We're also kind of I guess hitting some sort of mini injury crisis now you know Sacco out Tompkins out Schlapp obviously went off injured and that didn't look good um, no. so uh, where we have sort of strength in depth and you know these sort of players that fans would, would obviously enjoy being able to call on them from the bench obviously with them injured um, we're not going to have that luxury and, and our squad becomes significantly weaker doesn't it um, but saying that you know we've got a nice easy game on uh, Sunday against Arsenal isn't it? so it's a, it's a nice way to sort of blood a Blood a few youngsters, maybe, and that will keep people happy. Um, but let's uh, have a bit of a break there, then, and we'll come back and uh, bore you with the uh, rest of the weekend's football. Welcome back to the uh, Six Pointer podcast. Uh, just going to touch on a few of the other results from from the weekend. Um, obviously, we were talking about the Palace Man City game, so it makes sense to move on to the. Um, Liverpool game uh, that we, which followed um, and obviously they, they beat Chelsea and, and obviously went back of the pile after at the top of the pile after Man City went momentarily uh, up there after their 3-1 win at Palace um, I mean they both got like you said we, we touched on it earlier they're both going to go down to the wire isn't it and they both got tough Champions League games in the, in the week um, people were already talking about Mo Salah's Goal. I don't know if you if you if you've seen it yet, but it was it was a hell of a strike. Um, but obviously not a, not a touch on Andros Townsend at the at the Etihad. Is well, well, yeah, it's getting comparisons, isn't it? It's a different type of goal, isn't it? I think I think obviously because Salah plays for, for plays for Liverpool, but and, and they've obviously got more fans, and and it's it's perhaps this is where perhaps we're going to get that 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 sort of shout. It was a hell hell of a hell of a goal, and obviously with it coming so quickly after the first goal as well, I think it settles a few few nerves, and you certainly felt like a a sigh of relief around, around Anfield when that went in because one thing that I've been saying to Rich as well is that it seems that Man City know how to handle. The sort of the title running a little bit better than Liverpool. I think there seems to be quite a lot of nervousness around Liverpool, and I think there was a moment where Andy Robertson yesterday um, slipped up, and obviously this is this is sort of you know reminiscent of the Steven Gerrard slip in the same game uh, back in 2014, I think it was, um, and, and there was sort of like a nervous sort of mumbling around, which Jurgen Klopp was quick, was quick to turn around to the fans and tell them to sort of shut up, sort of things like we don't need this sort of negativity right now. Um, it does does seem to feel that you know whenever there's a, a sort of something which goes against Liverpool, there is there's this sort of nervous tension, which which obviously could play against them. Uh, so, or, or is there, or is it all just media hype? Uh, is it people saying it and talking about it? I thought it was really interesting. I was to the raid on the weekend, and they were talking about um, you know, are oh, they playing Chelsea? And that was where the Gerrard slip thing mm-hmm. happened. It's ridiculous. It's a game of football. It's irrelevant who they played against. The bloke fell over. He slipped over against a team it could have been anyone it could have been against Palace or, or anyone you know so I, I think the media do like to play up and whether football football players listen to that sort of stuff or not I don't, I don't know well, it's I don't, hard to avoid it really well it? I don't know in your profession if, if someone was saying oh you went to this meeting and that happened would you really be that concerned about it I, I, I don't know I think I think context is really important for these things maybe they do listen to it maybe I'm wrong but I, I think you know perspective on, on it would be it was another football game it was a, a slip that happened and 
you just you just sort of put it by to put it down to an error um, in, uh, in the way he laced his boots up or you know, took a step whatever it was on that or, day. Or the groundsman that watered that certain patch exactly. of grass. Yeah, someone someone put a bit too much um, rain or went for a wheel on that bit of the grass and shouldn't yeah. die. So, so I, I, don't, I don't know how much that sort of stuff does come into it or whether that media hype and you know the coverage it gets on the telly and yeah. the newspapers and stuff and radio brings it that hype and maybe people listen to it, but. It, it, it's interesting. It obviously, didn't pay too much into their um, mind yesterday because mm. you know two 0 result in that in that game. I think it's more about for me. It's about the pressure situation and the fact that you know you need to win that game because you know the other lot. If they win all their games, it's out of your hands. So yeah. you just have to do what you have to do. It's a bit like when they came to Palace with the Cristian Ball, the three all game. You know, they needed to win the game, didn't they? And the pressure was on in that respect. So. And that must weigh weigh on your mind as a as a footballer in any profession. Indeed, you have to. There's there's a there's a thing you have to perform in. It's going to put expectation on you. It's going to put pressure on you. I guess some people thrive in those instances and in those situations, and some people fall down in it. So, yeah, very situational, really contextual. And I guess it's down to the individuals. Um, Eleven people on a football pitch mm. per team at, at that point in time. Um, I guess Man City are more experienced because they've been there and done it on a consistent basis for the last, yeah. yeah, how many years, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is, um, and, and obviously they, they don't have that, um, is the term hoodoo, I don't know what the term yeah. is, but they don't have that thing hanging over their heads where they haven't won a league for you know, X number of years, mm. you know, and as a Liverpool fan that must be frustrating, annoying, and, and um, you know, you must want to, to get rid of that so you can hopefully think that you can move on. But again, you know, is that just a stat? Is that just a label? Is it just a name? And do you find ways of managing that? Mm. Good point. Um, going to the other end of the table then, um, we had... Uh, can I just pause, sorry, before you goal. do that, the goal. So the goal was not a, as good as Townsend goal because he had the ball at his feet. He had the time and space to get it out from his feet. It was a brilliant finish, but it's not the same as someone hitting the ball out and smashing it straight on the volley. There you go. Yeah. Done. We've we, we cleared that one up. Thank you. Andrews Townsend, Golden Season. Mo Salah, not as good as Andrews Townsend. Yep. Good. Right. Um, so back. So down to the other end of the table. Then it seems like it's going to be a, a dog fight uh, into well, well, one of them wins and one of them loses between uh, Brighton and Cardiff, and and you know they they play each other tomorrow night again, which I'll be uh, looking forward to watching. Um, Brighton really capitulated at, at home to Bournemouth, um, and it was sort of summed up. Um, their performance was summed up, well, won by the defending of, of, of Lewis Dunk, but also by um, Anthony Knockhart's ridiculous challenge where he, he threw himself in. And this was at a point where Brighton were already 2 0 down. Um, and he absolutely threw himself in, and, and had he caught the man, I can't remember who it was, he, he easily would have snapped his leg in it. I mean, sort of the ferocity that he threw himself in. It, disgusting challenge. And I don't know how the rules work in the sense that obviously, because he was sent off there and then if, if any further bang can be attributed to him. Um, but yeah, that's not the sort of thing you want to see um, from, from, from any footballer, especially if you're a Brighton fan and you're already 2-0 down. The last thing you want to do is, is see a, a player make a stupid challenge like that. Strange thing to do, wasn't it? Because the, was, the ball and the player were gone. Mm. Like, There's no one knew it. And it's like he's gone for the tackle and realised he's not going to get there, so he's thought, I'm going to clatter the bloke yeah. and take him out. It was a weird, weird thing to do. Um, yeah, you know, like you say, they capitulated, and it's got to be worrying for them. I, 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 stu- I do think that Cardiff have got too much to do. I do think they've got too, too many, um, too many games that they've got to get results out of in a run mm. to have any chance. I think, you know, okay, they've got an opportunity now, but but Brighton have to continue this this dramatic slide, yeah. and Cardiff have to. 
it's a shame for Cardiff, isn't it? Because if they've got those two refereeing decisions, the Chelsea game and the other game, I can't well, remember was. even yesterday there was there was sort of like a private handball, which which maybe that's what I'm thinking of. There were, there were two. There've been two games recently in a row. So the Chelsea one, and maybe yesterday's one, or the one before that, where you know Warnock's been, um, uh, yeah, he's. He's been in Warnock form um, yeah. in terms of the referee statements he's made and sort of reactions and hand hand um, on head um, at the pitch, hands on head. <laughs> Just staring at the at the officials. Yeah, I mean, it says the thing is that's better to do than make a comment because it says more. Well, than he can't get fined for that. Well, I don't know if he can get no. fined for that or not. But, but uh, I thought I thought you know I feel sorry for them because and again if they'd had those two results and maybe points or um, sorry draws or, uh, or or three points for the win they they. We'll be in a different position, and we would be talking about something with a bit more interest. But I, yeah. I, I strongly believe that they've got too much to do, and they've got to hope too much that Brighton do continue uh, the dramatic slide. Having said that, who knows? You know, if if Cardiff, you know, of of can can motivate and use maybe that, and Warlock's good at this sort of stuff, isn't he? Using the negative well, to generate yeah. the positive, yeah. um, he, that he, might play to their advantage. Neil so Warnock's you know, very good at creating this sort of siege mentality, isn't he? Mm. And sort of uh, making these injustices sort of work for him. And I, I think that's the one thing perhaps that Cardiff have got, is that they've got this siege mentality um, and they've got almost the momentum behind them in, in that sense. You know, not that they've been picking up results, you know, I think they have any sort of won one in the last six it was or in draw one in the last six but Brighton have lost the last six I think it's been um, you know it, it, it's, they seem to have the momentum behind them and, and tomorrow's game will be will be huge I mean if Cardiff do beat Brighton tomorrow um, then that's certainly going to send a few nerves jangling on, on the south coast makes it more fun doesn't it as well for the for the neutral if yeah. you like or somebody who's not involved in any of those teams you know to see the running go a bit longer rather than it be a bit of a done deal yeah with a few weeks to go because I, I think if, if, if Brighton do win the game then that's probably pretty much that's, that's it that's it isn't it really? yeah I think so yeah 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 well dropping down a couple of a couple of divisions one thing I wanted to, to talk to you about was um I don't know if you saw the incident, uh, the Joey Barton incident. This was at the end of the Barnsley oh, Fleetwood I read about game. This, yeah. yeah, so Barnsley beat uh, Fleetwood four two. Fleetwood manager obviously is, is, is Joey Barton, uh, and it was captured in in sort of uh, high drama by by Sky cameras. Uh, there was reports that after the game in the tunnel that um, Joey Barton had a, had a bit of a punch up with the opposition manager. Um, and then uh, Barton and about four of his coaching staff were, were pictured uh, leaving. The, uh, the grounds are walking out of the stadium, getting into a car, uh, only for a, a policewoman to sort of to run in front of the car and stop it from, 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 mo- from moving so they could sort of uh, um, question him for this alleged assault because apparently, according to one of the Fleetwood players, that the Fleetwood manager had blood pouring from his face after this altercation. And, and this just seems to be another string to Joey Barton's bow, doesn't it, that unfortunately um, this is one of these nasty things which which is reared up from from, from an undoubtedly very talented player um, and, and potentially a, a talented coach as well um, it just can't seem to get away from this sort of negative uh, limelight as it were yeah um, there's, there's, there's obviously a reason why he's done what he's done whether that reason is agreeable correct has, has sense behind it no one knows so I guess Going on reports and things, it's very difficult to make an informed decision. Well, you can't indeed, can you? But uh, but yeah, it's a shame because he's. Um, I actually quite like him. I think mm. he's got something about him. He speaks quite well whenever you hear him speak. He's actually a very good football player, isn't he? Yeah, he, was he was a very good football player, anyway. He was, and, and you can imagine that as a manager, people would sit up and listen to him. He'd get the respect of um, of the players because they know, you know, he's not a. Uh, 
he's been there, done it, and, and he's got a way about him, and he's got a bit of an edge to him. So they'd mm. probably be on their on their uh, on their toes with him as well, um, which would would help, I think, as well. I'm sure he'd build a good rapport with the with the players. Um, it's just as you say, this other side to him that rears its head in in whatever circumstance they were. That's it's not going to help him. It's going to hold him back. And if you're the you know they've obviously taken a bit of a punt on him because he wasn't managing anywhere before, wasn't he? he? Did he did something? Was he coaching somewhere? But so he's he's got a chance anyway at early doors. And you mm-hmm. know in a previous uh, um, pod, the the Bromley uh, pub rant. If anyone's uh, interested what, in this, one, one, one of the first on audio, I think that was. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tested up the new mics that was. Yeah, the sound quality was terrible because of the pub, but um, and, and also Russ shouting into the mic. Indeed, yeah. um, but you know we talked there about managers getting a go who are at a relatively good level mm. who um, have maybe been a bit untried and tested. And we talked about Frank Lampard getting a championship level job in a really big club like Derby. If you look at Barton, he's got a really good job at Fleetwood. Yeah. You know the owners obviously. Um, they're investing their 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 belief in him mm-hmm. as well as obviously money and time. Um, and, and doing something, you know, negative like this obviously Alleged. doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't help. So, yeah, yeah, you know, whether the limelight has attracted it to him because he he is who he is, and, mm. and therefore it kind of is drawn to him his historic behaviours. You don't know. Yeah. Or there's something to it. I guess we we'll have to wait and see. But if if that is the case, it will be disappointing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's especially for for sort of like a, a manager to be involved in something like that would be despicable, really, and, and, and not something we want to see in the game. Um, Bit of a shout out to our Scottish listeners. So uh, yesterday we had uh, Celtic beating Aberdeen three um, 0 I know David Hilferty was at the game as well. Aberdeen had a man sent off, which puts uh, Celtic into the Scottish Cup final against Hearts. Hearts obviously beat uh, Inverness, Caledonian Thistle three uh, 0 themselves um, uh, on was it Saturday? It would have been. Uh, what's the date today? Fifteenth. Yeah, so it would have been Saturday, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so that ties up quite nicely for the Scottish Cup final, and obviously um, another string to Celtic's unprecedented treble. Treble if they can do it. You'd like them to do it as well, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, very much given, so. Yeah. yeah. Given obviously given the fan, uh, the friends of the pod, but but also given the managerial up. Heaval, yeah. they've had this year, and the fact you know losing um, their manager of, of such a long period, um, and in the way in which he left as well, and um, is it it's David, isn't it? Your David um, Hilfiger, yeah. Yeah, I remember him commenting on the pod that you know he he didn't just take himself; he also took half of the backroom yeah. staff, if not all of them, by yeah. one. I think he said one or two, yeah. um, one of which was a club, a club legend. So. Yeah. It, it, you know, for them to continue on and push on, that's a massive testament to the players. And also Neil Lennon for coming in and keeping things moving. Um, he's obviously a bit of a Celtic legend anyway, isn't he himself? So, yeah, good, you know, good, good for them. And you know, it's nice to see records being broken in different ways. And it's never nice to see... You know, I remember we were growing up, Rangers were a team, weren't they? And yeah. It was always Glasgow Rangers who were winning everything left, right and centre. Um, but people would say, oh, Celtic are the, are the rivals. And you never used to really see them getting anywhere near... Um, Rangers so it's nice kind of the tables are turned a bit but also Rangers kind of back up for the leagues um, obviously makes that more of an interesting dynamic over the, the next few years and hopefully more of a level, level pegging one as well so it certainly does I mean it's quite interesting to watch like you say the dynamic of it especially with Rangers obviously being in the financial trouble which they were in mm. um, dropping down through the leagues for them to now be in, in a position where they're paying Steven Gerrard obviously a lot of money You're, they're throwing a lot of money at Jermaine Defoe they're reportedly paying his his entire wage packet for 18 months which I think he's on something like 140 150,000 pounds a week um, how old is he? Uh, Jermaine Defoe is he 36 is he yeah, that's I think. crazy but at the same time I mean if he scores goals then but is he? I think he scored four four or five maybe 
Um, he's well, got a long-term money, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, obviously. At that level as well. Uh, you know, the quality of football that he's used to playing in the Premier League is obviously different. I'm not, not, not knocking the Scottish football. But then um, he wasn't really playing, was he? He was no, sort of true. getting t- 10 minutes here and there, and that's probably why he, he, he was sort of keen on the move himself. Um, but it is interesting to sort of see a club like, like Rangers go through what they've gone through to then to sort of to go around and, and sort of not throw money around, but sort of be, be seen to be perhaps spending a lot of money. You know who should have signed instead? Craig Beatty. Craig Beatty. Stalwart. Legend, mate, legend. Even if it was just for that goal against Charlton. Um, <laughs> let's move on to, to talk about the Danish Superliga, just to, just to finish off then. Um, an exciting uh, moment, obviously, for um, myself, being a uh, follower. Uh, I can't myself call myself a fan of, of Esberg FB. Um, they uh, beat FC Norgeland yesterday uh, 2-1. Big result. It was a big result, and and FC Norgen and obviously a very decent team. Um, they've got a, a, a good some good players in 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 their ranks, including I think it's uh, Robert Olsen, who's the second highest goal scorer. He's got like twenty one goals this season. Um, so to have to have Esberg go there and, and a great goal if you if you get the chance to see Esberg's second goal from Carlo Holse. Um, the little magician. I'm very, very much looking forward to, to watching him develop as a player on loan from uh, FC Copenhagen. Um, he looks a real prospect. We, I think, um, we we sort of he stood out, didn't didn't he? When we went and watched the uh, Esbjerg versus Bromby game back in February, um, he's a very slight, very small player, but um, he's got a few tricks up his up his sleeve, and and he's he's actually got quite a lot of strength as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I was. Yeah, we spoke about him on the pod, didn't we? When we were out there, he 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 was he stood out um, a mile. Um, it's a shame he's not their player. Mm. He's only on loan, isn't he, for the season? Um, they're doing well, aren't they? they there's a big one. Uh, the, the 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 replay of not the replay, but the, the game that we went to mm. um, out there uh, against Bromby is on uh, on Thursday. So how does it work? Because obviously you follow this coach. So they play at three o'clock. So so, so what? They play at three well, that, o'clock. That's three o'clock our time. Remember so they're 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 added, so that's four o'clock their time. But still, what do people do? Finish work at two o'clock to go to school? I'm not. You know what? I need I need to, I need to look into it because there's there's some games actually at sort of on Wednesday as well. They kick off at six on Thursday. They kick off at midday as well. So I can only assume that over Easter um, if you're listening Danish people let us know um, do you get an extra day off on Thursday That's cause, um, or, or is everyone just at work while there's football going on and no one's actually at the game um, hopefully not because I'm uh, just streaming it <laughs> yeah hopefully not because obviously uh, there's, 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 the Easter weekend is, is, is a great time to be watching a bit of Danish Super League because I said there's Alberg versus Vendersel on uh, Wednesday um, our whole Sonderski which is at 11 o'clock our time on Thursday then Horsens, uh, Vial, and at one, Esper, Bromby at three, and then Copenhagen, Midland at five, which is a, a massive game. That's the two big hitters in the, in, in the league, and one that FC Midland really need to win um, because I think they're five points behind Copenhagen at the moment, and they really need to make up that, um, that gap. One thing I would say is that um, big hats off to, to Vial uh, because they... We're bottom of the league, I think, with 20 or 20, 22 points, I think it was, when the regular season ended before it went into the, the, the Super League. And the relegation groups got separated into, into two separate ones. And they've been on a, a fantastic run. I think they've won last three games. I think they've won two and drawn one. Um, and it's brought them right up to 27 points. And, and you know, we've been touching distance of, of, of getting out of this potential relegation playoff as well. So, um, obviously, there's a lot of football still to be played. Um but um, but yeah, certainly an interesting interesting one to watch. So so in the championship, you you expect Copenhagen and and Midtjylland to kind of be the top two 
Well, they're miles away. Don't they're they're, they're, they're running. They're running away. So basically, Esberg are really are really pushing for for for, for bronze, as it were, because that, right. that puts you into Europa League uh, qualifying. Which, given uh, Ob's form, lost two, drawn one, puts them in a good place. And mm-hmm. given Bromby and um, how do you say it, Norseland? Norseland, yeah. Yeah, given again their forms, so Esberg that'd be really good if they could finish third in the first season. I mean, it'll, it'll be an absolutely amazing uh, achievement, given the fact that say they were promoted last season from through the playoffs, actually. Um, and you know, back in uh, managed to finish in the top half, which which mm. which, which uh, our friend of the pod, Jan Maslindhart, who's the uh, the journalist in um, Esberg, said it, this is sort of like a bit of a fairy tale season for Esberg, and it's it's great to see a, a club with with such rich history, um, having gone through tough times recently, uh, really push on and, and do really well. It's really nice because you know you don't often go to a, another football um, club and have a. Um, Feeling a connection, or affinity, for them. or like a yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. But yeah. we did. We only went for one game, and, and well, I've uh, been for a couple. I know you've been for a couple, but so that game that we went to, you know, I, I, we you know, we we went for a walk during a day, and we just went for a little cheeky walk in the stadium, expecting just to kind of have a walk round outside. Um, and and you know we there was a gate open and we had a peer in and we we saw a guy didn't we uh, um, steward didn't we yeah he was just standing around we said to him look you know can we go in and have a look and he let us in yeah you know you don't you don't get that kind of stuff you know over here and you know it, it was just really nice it's and a great then, stadium as well it's, it's, it's a UEFA qualified stadium that's that's why international games can be played there as well so it's it, it's it's not like a, a, a little um, you know stadium with, with sort of a few bits of terrace in it and then nothing else. It, it's been really, really well redeveloped um, in the last sort of 10 years or so. Um, and yeah, as you say, the, the club is, is sort of one of those ones which, which sort of taken, I, I, I've sort of... Um, Become attached. Yeah, a little bit because yeah. because because the, the sort of the easy, the easiest one to get to it, for me, it's an hour on a plane and then half an hour on a bus, whatever it is. Um, the people that, that sort of are so closely related to, to, the, to the club, um, the journalists, Jan himself, um, everyone at the club who's sort of treated us with um, open arms really when we've gone over there, and uh, it's, it's it's just a lovely place to be, lovely stadium, lovely people, lovely fans, lovely part of the world. Yeah, so, it's um, nice. And so just just explain to me and listeners how the relegation rounds work because you've got two groups, right? So they are from the top league as well. So so yeah, so basically anyone that finished um, one to six going in the championship round. Right. Yeah. So that's an iceberg, in. Yeah, and then below that. It, it, it's a bit confusing. I mean, I, I recommend people, I'm probably I'm not going to do it justice, so I recommend people look it up on Wikipedia. So certain teams which finish, um, I think it's 7th and 8th, get to choose which relegation group they get to go into because I think if you finish 7th, 9th um, and 11th or something like that, you go into one group with another team and then um, the rest of them go into another group. And for some reason... Uh, the teams that finish high get to choose which group they get they get to go in. And in the relegation round, you get the option of um, you can finish within the top two and potentially. Um, it, this is all depends on sort of who wins the Danish Cup and things like that as well. Um, but potentially you could go into playoff to play um, for the Europa League qualifying. Um, but if you finish in the bottom two of of, of the relegation round, um, you could end up um, you, you play sort of the other team from the other group. Um, but if you lose that, you can go into almost like a losers final where you'll play the team which finished. I think it's um, second or third place in in the. Um, I think it's Nordic best first division at the moment, right. um, which is exactly what happened at Esberg last year. So they I think they finished third in the Nordic. Best First division um, and won a, a game. I think it was. Christ, it's just my memory now. Not Sonderski. Um, anyway, they they won their game 
uh, it was a two-legged game, a two-legged playoff, um, and they won on aggregate, which um, got them promoted. And I, I, I've said before, you know, I'd love to see that sort of system in play in England because it just seems to make um, the league so much more exciting. But yeah, I've, I probably haven't explained it very well. But anyone goes onto Wikipedia and type in Danish Superliga, um, it will explain it to you there. It'll give you nice little graphics and everything as well from last season. So. Um, explain it a lot better. Really right, but no, is it really interesting system? A little bit similar to what what we've got in the uh, the Belgian Pro League as well. Um, but I, I do like the idea where where the sort of they do it in Scotland, obviously, where the, the teams split as well, the league splits. I do like this idea of where you do it, where you have that. I think potentially um, where we've got this huge gulf that we mentioned earlier in the English Premier League that. Um, almost the top six are in their own different league. I mean, if if that was to split away and you you got sort of like a separate league after that as well, um, you know that could potentially make the Premier League a little, a little bit more interesting and potentially more competitive as well. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a nice change to the normal um, the way of finishing a season, isn't it? And it keeps things interesting. And also they they've obviously got their um, mid season break, haven't they? Because the game we went to was when it was break. starting up after the after the winter break so yes. you know it keeps the keeps the interest there as well and um, so they, do they start earlier in the summer they do so I, I was speaking to Marcus Halsey after the um, the, the viral game which, 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 big mark <laughs> um, uh, after the viral game and, and uh, which Hesburgh won to, to get into the, the top the top six and um, he was saying how it's really physically demanding because whilst you've got a, a winter break like you say from I think it's from the first or second week in December all the way to the second week in February um, I think you end especially if you're, you're involved in the playoffs and things like that you're, you're, you end sort of playing in end of May and the season kicks off in the first week of July so you've only really got something like five or six weeks break in between and if you're an international player like Marcus is, is you know he's involved with the Finnish national team he said it's really physically demanding because you, you've sort of you've got six weeks and you've only really you've only probably got about sort of one week either side of it mm. if you're involved in sort of international games as well um, it's quite hard um, but I guess that's that's sort of what you sign up for if you, if you, if you go for the, the Danish Superliga and, and, and you know you, you want to play in it it's certainly a very unique league I guess maybe that Christmas break also winter break so it gives you the chance to re- recharge with needed yeah. Yeah. And, you know, pl- players need to prepare themselves um, accordingly, didn't they? So. Yeah, and these blokes obviously are, um, you know, well versed in looking after themselves these days, and you know, I'm sure they follow their sort of regime to the T when they're not playing anyway in the breaks. Mm. So it's probably a full-on thing anyway, because football career is not that long, is it? So you know, you probably just go for it anyway in, the, in that period of time. But no, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really interesting, um, you know, league and, and very interesting way of doing things. And the level of football that, that I saw, those, <coughs> excuse me, those two games we went to was really good. I really enjoyed it, and. Um, yeah, definitely recommend people um, check it out. Yeah, and I'll be going to the uh, Esberg versus FC Nordstrom game in a couple of weeks' time. So hopefully having a chat with Jan and, get, Jan and getting him on the pod as well um, to uh, to follow up from, from the last one that we did. I think it's a good place to leave it there. Good stuff. Thanks for having me again. Please please bring back Richard, though, so everyone doesn't have to listen to my uh, boring uh, monotone voice next time around. Completely agree. We'll try and, get, <laughs> try, try and get ready as soon as we can. And Rich, uh, get better soon. I know you're not feeling too well at the moment, so hopefully you enjoyed the pod. And as everyone else, enjoy the pod. Um, have a good week. Enjoy um, the football in the week. Obviously, we've got a lot of Champions League football. And don't forget to like, comment and share on the socials. You love this, don't you? Yeah. Do, do, do all that, Spread please. the word. Yeah. Spread not? the word. Why not? Yeah. He's, uh, he's still not got the account set up. You've got a Twitter account, haven't you? What's it? No, it's just my Twitter account. You haven't got a Twitter account. It's my, my Twitter at, at, at Luke TYR. Right. My, one, my one legacy that I, if, I, if I leave you after my two pods of you will be to help you set up some of the social stuff. We will get some social stuff. Uh, but yeah, comment. can you comment at Audio Boom? 
Yes, no, don't know, don't know. Try and comment on audio boom. Uh, it, really, or, it really wasn't that involved. It was just supposed to be a bit of a laugh, you know. It's what you get a fan base now. Oh, you can. I know that you can write a review, can't you? You can um, on, on iTunes. You can. Yep, yes, yes, on iTunes. And we so have got one. Please, ru- no idea who it is. Do they say this is rubbish? It was you, wasn't it? No, I'm really. <laughs> I, I have to do it now. Though. <laughs> Too after this now. Please, please do write a review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, we don't we like can, uh, Yeah, get, get 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 him off. Get him off. But please do because it, it only helps us. Feedback. Uh, all feedback is a gift, as they say. But thanks for listening. Thanks very much. Have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye.